Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, boss, man. I got this, yeah. Ankle Pickers, welcome back. Another exciting set the spread episode of the Ankle Pick Podcast. We've got in the bottom of my screen at Kingpin MMA, Reese Pulfer. How you doing? Good. I'm doing great. This is my favorite day of the week. I do miss Parker is though, it? but uh, yeah, no, this, this this is my not the Monday aspect of it. The set the spread aspect of it is always a blast. It's it's the it's the friendly competition competition between me and the uh, next guy after about to be mentioned. It's always heated. I love it because usually the competition is against the bookie, and uh, we yeah, came for his no, kneecaps it's always last against, week. Yeah, it's it's Reese even when swept. It's, I got a couple of units of green myself. Gave it all back to the bookie in the Super Bowl though. Um, <laughs> what we're here to talk about it happens. No further introduction at, at MMA Capper underscore DK. What's good? How we doing? We're doing great. Green is great. Yeah, great. we had two green cappers last weekend, so tune into the main show, too, for the real – like, this is this is previewing the money. It gives you a little taste, and then the main show is where you actually cash in. Couldn't have said it better myself. Should we jump right in, boys? It's all what I've always been waiting Let's for. Let's set it. some spreads. First fight on the main card of UFC 258. This is a pay-per-view one, too. Usman Burns It's going to be exciting. First fight on the card. Julian Marquez back from a long layoff and Maki Patola, potential COVID fighter, but getting a little introduction to Julian Marquez. Uh, DK's up 1-0 on the new season two set the spread. So lead us off. I, I'm taking a little bit of offense for, for that COVID fighter comment, Kobe. Maki Patola Maybe is just awesome. fighting a lot during COVID. He's not awesome. He's not awesome, but he's not a COVID fighter. That being said, um, Maki is coming off of a two-fight skid, and he's lost three of his last four with just a win over Charles Bird. I think that I was on the wrong side of the Stewart and the Potter loss, um, but we were big Impa fans on this podcast, and we saw that one coming. Um, I think that this is going to be a pretty close line because of Marquez's layoff. I think that I'm probably wrong. Um, I've, I'm leaning Maki Patolo. But I've been – I'm notoriously bad at predicting his outcomes. And so the line is probably going to be no different. I'm going to go pretty close to even Maki Patolo minus one third – minus 120. Mm. Danny, Danny, Danny. I think you might have messed that one up. And the reason why is not your fault. I think that, in all honesty, I think Maki Patolo might be a decent bet here today. The thing is, is he's coming off a two-fight skid. The Darren Lewis one, although it was in round one, like Darren Lewis, or Dar- why am I saying Darren Lewis? Darren Stewart, he's someone that you, we watch go the distance and lose a split decision to uh, – I want to say Curtis Millender, but he's the Bellator guy. Kevin Holland, yeah. He took a split decision to Kevin Holland. That wasn't that long ago. That was last year. And then I remember actually riding him. I don't know, Danny, if you were on this with me, the Impa-Kasangadai fight. Yeah, we were both yeah. on We were both on, we were both on Patolo, and, and I really thought that was a great spot for him, especially with an inexperienced Impa. And he looked so bad, so flat. 
And it's, I know Julian Marquez has had a big layoff, but I, I think after, I think with the recency bias, I would be surprised if Patola was the favorite here. Um, I, I, I'm going to go Julian Marquez, but it's not anything egregious. I, I think by the time the line closes, Dan, you're probably gonna be closer, right? But I'm going to go Julian Marquez. I'm just going to go the opposite side. I'm going to go minus 120. Point Pulfer. And this one might be a bet for us pretty soon. Marquez is favored minus 165 after wow. opening minus 185. That's, That's a way higher than I line thought. for my flying Hawaiian. Yeah, that uh, I that that's high, and it, you already see it drift a little bit from 180 to one or 185 to 165 or 160. That it it'll I think it'll continue to steam down. That seems high for a guy on a two year layoff. But Maki Batolo's just been so disappointing recently that I I would I was I would have been surprised if he was favored or favored by a good margin. Second fight of the main card, bantamweight bout, Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz, Reese. For me, this one is interesting because I kind of think both of these guys have fallen on harder times as of recent. Pedro Munoz is a guy that we all thought was going to beat Frankie, a guy who especially, especially in the manner that Frankie lost last last week. I still think he beat Frankie. It, even if he did, it, it, it wasn't decisive enough. Like, I, you hate to see it. Um, and then and the loss to Aljo obviously isn't that big of a deal, but I, I sometimes wonder if Pedro Munoz got too much – credit too fast i know he was already taught his name was being spoken into title shot contention and i mean bantamweight's a, a tough division and then jimmy rivera is another guy who everyone thought was going to be the new he was on ultimate fighter a while ago but i remember him being like 22 and one and he only fought like once a year and he always seemed to win and as of recent uh he's lost he's dropped like three of five and hasn't looked like the same self so this one was real is really tough for me to try to get a gauge on I'm going to imagine Jimmy Rivera is the favorite. I'm going to imagine it's not by much. And I would imagine that by the time the fight starts, I, I imagine it's going to flip-flop over that line of, of medium. But in the meantime, I think Jimmy Rivera, I don't know if he's higher ranked at bantamweight right now, but I know he spent more time up in that top five than Pedro did. And I know um, people hold Jimmy Rivera as the top five in the division even still. Maybe not anymore, but. He's, he's always someone that a lot of people know. I, I think Jimmy Rivera's going to be minus. I don't think it's going to be by a lot. I'm going to say 130. Um, I echo a lot of what Reese just said. One of the reasons that people were pushing the Munoz hype train really, really hard was that big knockout against Garbrandt back when he was down the downskid of downskids, when he was getting knocked out if you flicked his chin. Yeah, Garbrandt, um, yeah. Garbrandt was yeah. a big name that, yeah. And since then, he as you said, he hasn't looked too impressive. I thought that he was going to style on Frankie Edgar. Like, that didn't happen whatsoever. Uh, the Aljo loss, I don't care. And Jimmy's record, as you mentioned, he's on a little bit of hard times. But looking closer, that's the current champ, Piotr Jan, the current challenger, Aljo, and Marlon Marias in 2018. Marlon right. Marias in 2018 was – a different Marlon Marias that just got knocked out by Corey Sandhagen. I think this line's going to be a little bit, bit bigger than you have it. I'm going to go Rivera minus 170. Wow. And one thing that I do want to add, and it was 2014, which is in fight years, even more expedited than dog years. But 
he did. They do have a. Uh, they have fought before, and they do have a. He has a, Pedro Munoz has a split decision now against Jimmy Rivera, all the way back in 2015. So, a good. I mean, over half a decade ago, but a split decision to me shows it, at least I'm expecting a, a closer fight. But again, six years ago is like ten decades in fight years. Y'all have this spread surrounded. And after bringing out the calculator, we're going to go point Pulfer. Minus 145 is Jimmy Rivera. 145, you said? Yep. Wow. Third fight of the main card. We've got a middleweight bout. Ian Hines and Kevin Gastelum. DK. So this is an interesting one. Kelvin Gastelum is a guy who I, again, is really hard to read. Uh, I used to think very highly of him when he went back to back beating Bisbing and Jacare. And since then he's dropped three in a row. And the Hermanson one was just like, I blinked and he, it was over. He got his heel taken. I still see him being the better and more skilled all around mixed martial artist than Ian Heinish here. The question is how high is the line? Ian Heinish. He's lost to Omar Yakmedov, who's a guy we've talked about a lot on this podcast, a guy who's a strong wrestler. Kelvin comes from a very strong wrestling background and is obviously a much better striker than Omari. I'm going to go with Kelvin minus 200. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm happy Danny went first because I think I was about to embarrass myself. I thought this was going to be a lot closer to even. Um so Calvin Gaslam is a big name, which makes me think it's going to be closer to Danny's territory. Ian Heinish is more of that borderline prospect type guy. The thing is, is Calvin Gaslam has looked, I mean, since the, the Izzy fight was, was phenomenal, obviously. And, and Izzy's obviously flown into another stratosphere as far as fame and, and respect goes. And that till fight was so weird. He couldn't get a yeah. rhythm. Till was just like dirty boxing him and like just was weird. And that was a split decision. I'd have to watch it back to remember where my card was. Um, And then, and then the thing that really just left a bad taste in my mouth was that Jack Hermanson fight, man. I mean, Ian Heinish is a very similar stylistic and pressure fighter as Jack Hermanson and, and how quick that ended. And in the fashion it ended, it makes me wonder is, I mean, we've all agreed that Kevin Gaslam would be better off if he dropped to 170 and, and where he's been and just let that little marshmallow belly disappear. At this point in his career, I don't think he's looking for that. But I also, at this point in his career, don't think seeing him at, seeing him at minus 200 against a ranked middleweight seems high to me. Now, I was actually going to almost have Heinish as a favorite, but to avoid embarrassment, I'm going to avoid that because I'm probably wrong because Danny usually has a good read on especially middleweights. I'm going to go Calvin Gastelum minus 130. I do love my middleweights. You do. You got your middleweights down. I was going to – I came in here with Ian Heinish minus 110, but I'm changing that on the fly. Minus Ian Heinish's most impressive victory on paper is that GM3 one. No, that- it's, it's, it's less about the record – especially with a couple losses, it's much more about the stylistic and how that Hermanson fight went last. It, I feel like Vegas is going to have a similar line, but I know Gaslam. I wouldn't be surprised if the line opened 
at like minus 140 and has just steamed up to where you're at right now. I w- that wouldn't surprise me. I get you. Kelvin Gaslam scares me. He's like a Michael Johnson yeah. at this point in yeah, his career. You know, yeah, dude, th- you couldn't have said it better. I retweet what Danny just said. Gaslam opened at minus 190, up to minus 225 right now. Even oh, bigger than I thought. Heinish might see my card. Yeah, dude, I like Heinish there. I mean, like after Danny I just said, said that he's Kelvin's better, absolutely everywhere than him. I said Heinish might see my card. No, I mean you're not you're not wrong, but I mean he trains out of good gym. He's he's not new to the sport, but like he's newer to the UFC than a Kelvin. Um, and so. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kelvin washes Amir. Like, I could just be getting a total wrong read. But after that Hermanson fight last time out, I like I like the stylistic matchup that I think Ian Heinish is going to come in. I think we learned a lot about Kelvin Gaston last time out. Good point, Danny. That one, I'm wrong. And I still embarrass myself, even trying not to. Co-main, UFC 258. Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso at women's flyweight. Reese, go for it. Oh, I was really hoping you'd say Danny, but this is women, so Danny might scrub this anyways. Um, I, I have no idea, full disclosure, like none. Uh, the problem is, is I know Macy Barber quite well. I know Danny also knows Macy Barber quite well. So I'm not sure where Vegas is going to set the line because I don't think a lot of people know Macy Barber that well. I mean – Obviously, she's one of the top prospects. Obviously, she's had her fights in, in the UFC. Obviously, she's been on, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, not uh, Ultimate Fighter, but the Contender Series. So, it's like people have seen her face, but she's not, I feel like she's not as talked about as a lot of the other people. Alexa Grasso has seen, I'm, I believe, pay-per-view may, uh, cards before. This one's weird. I really wish Danny was going. Um, I mean, these girls are both what top ten or like ten to fifteen in the in the flyweight for women. Um, I I would imagine that Grasso is probably the favorite, but like who knows? I mean, I would see I could see Macy Barber being a dog. I could see Macy Barber being minus two two hundred. Like I don't know where they're gonna put this line, but I'm gonna do. I'm going to go minus 115 each way. Fuck it. Danny, balls in your court. I think you already knew where I was going to go. You kind of alluded to it. It's women's MMA. It's the coin flip. I'm going to go minus 110, 110. Sorry to do that to you. Sorry to do that to you. Wait, that's the Um, same. Because I just just basically took more juice. I'll take (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to take Alexa Grasso minus 120 and Macy Barber at even. Okay, that's fair because I was honestly leaning Macy anyways. Her story before she told that story, tore her ACL in that Roxy fight was she was on pace wanting to be wanting to break John Jones's record as the youngest person to hold a UFC belt. And she's still only 22 and has been pretty vocal up like in the lead up to this fight that that's still her plan, which is really interesting. We'll see, but those are more reasons. Kobe, I'm going balls to the wall. Minus 130, Alexa Grasso now. Danny just convinced me. That is a hell of a move because minus 130 is Grasso's favorite number. (laughs) Oh, wow. Macy Barber actually opened minus 130 (laughs) back at the end of December. 
and currently sitting at minus 130. Wait. Wow, that is so funny to have them live like that, too. <laughs> I mean, I wow. actually was prepared for Macy Barber to be minus 200. I had no idea. Then Danny tried to cheese me back by narrowing the juice so that I went Alex DeGrasso. And that is exclamation. I was going coin flip no matter what. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. This should be a tie, but I'm taking the point. <laughs> Congrats. So now it's one, one once on season two. But the last tidbit about this fight is uh, it's kind of interesting. Macy Barber is the only UFC fighter or only MMA fighter uh, besides the man himself that is man that his career is managed by Ben Askren. You're kidding. Not kidding. Seems like a questionable move at best. <laughs> Main event, welterweight title fight. We've been waiting a long time for this one. We do know who the favorite is just due to being on Twitter and active in the UFC space, but we don't know what the line is and how big it might be. So DK, lead us off for the title fight, Usman versus Burns. So Reese took this one already. Uh Kobe alluded to it. We all, everyone kind of knows what the lion is. Not what the lion is, but who's the favorite because we can kind of tell just who's the better fighter. And for me, it's pretty freaking obvious. It's Dorino. I'm going minus 110, Gilbert Burns. <laughs> Let's go. Brasilia. You just say Gilbert Burns is his favorite? Yeah, well, cause I already lost, and so let's ride or yeah, die Dorino what, fight. Out of curiosity, though, where do you actually think this line is? I'm thinking it's somewhere around minus 180, maybe minus 195, Kamaru. See, I'm scared because not only do I think it's higher, but I also think I'm betting it, and I also think that I'm going to get rolled. Like, it's one of those things where I'm betting it. I feel like I have to bet it. I'm confident in betting it, yet for some reason I just have this weird feel that, feeling that Gilbert Burns is going to have the belt around his waist. Like I don't know why. I just I, I'm I, scared. I, yeah, uh, he's the guy that like I don't know how he's even going to do it. I mean, it may be on the ground. It may like I I don't know. But until Kamaru shows me any sign of wavering whatsoever, I will ride him into the ground. I'm going to go Kamaru Usman, and I'm going to do it via or I, we're not doing it via i'm gonna do it minus 250 usman opened minus 225 back in september currently sitting at minus 280 holy shit. Your favorite yeah maybe i won't be on it my apologies maybe Birds I won't plus be 240 cannot wait to get i think one thing on i do want to mention new. about one thing i do want to mention about this fight is Kumaru, to me, is is I don't want to say him in the same sentence as a Khabib, but this he's seventeen and one or eighteen and one or something like that. But his he was one of those guys I remember from the Ultimate Fighter where his first loss was a submission in like his first fight or second or third fight, like it was early and it was just chalked up to experience more than anything else. I don't see anyone that weighs 170 pounds on planet earth that he's just too physically dominant. And I just, I put him in a similar eliteness to, to Habib's. So I think as crazy as 280 is, and I probably won't bet it that high. I, I do expect Kamara to get it done. I, I gotta say, I don't disagree with you. This one's just interesting because of yeah, the rounds and training that they've had for years and years. Whoever was winning those rounds has got to have yeah. a decisive mental advantage here. And the other thing is, 
you compare them to Khabib, it's not common that dominant champions have to move camps because they're fighting a teammate. Usually it's the ch- teammate, the one that without the belt, that has to yeah, move who, and try to coach why. and get a game plan and not sure why figure that, that, that whole thing out. Yeah, not sure why that happened. But yeah, that you're right. That is interesting. I'm I'm not sure, but I just we'll we'll dive into it on Wednesday. I know Dan Dan's busy with work. Uh but certainly. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into this one. I can already feel the the passion building. Love it. Reese Collins will be fight back week. Wednesday for our regularly scheduled programming. The full-length episode of the Ankle Pick Pod, where we'll get our picks for the MCC, as well as start to preview what our cards actually look like. Follow along at Ankle Pick Pod on Twitter. Follow these guys at Kingpin MMA, at MMA Capper underscore DK. Anything else to add? Poha! <laughs> Nothing for me. I'll leave it on that. You the music, baby. <laughs>